Rising Champions, a podcast about the mental side of sports, featuring inspirational interviews with young rising athletes about their quest to win their personal championships. Hosted by Dr. Jason Novetsky of Champion Mindset Group, alongside radio personality Kyle Bogie. Well, another monumental episode of the Rising Champions podcast, episode 40. Kyle Bogie, uh, Dr. Jason Novetsky of the Champion Mindset Group here with you. Doc, can you, uh, can you believe that you've been able to put up with me through 40 <laughs> episodes of this podcast? Wow. It's... Uh... It's been some, what a journey. <laughs> uh, you know, we got to know each other a little bit right in the beginning last spring, and I think we clicked pretty well. Uh, a little give and take back and forth, and I want to give you a big thank you for, for helping me uh, get this off the ground, and also your partner, Mike Sullivan, and Brand25 Media for, for getting the Rising Champions podcast started. We've got so much great feedback from the people that have been on, and their families, and their teammates. Uh, I think it's really cool to give a voice to young athletes uh, about the mental game. I don't think anybody else does that. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people want to talk about the highlights and the scores and all those things, but really to crawl inside the head of these young athletes, I think is very interesting uh, to a lot of people. Well, the, the interesting and most impressive part is the, the maturity that, you know, almost all of them seem to have because, I think back to me at 15, 16, and we've joked about it on the podcast several times. I, you know, I, I wouldn't have had that. And, yeah. I, you know, the way that they can come on and speak, um, you know, so well about their approach and how they handle situations and dealing with pressure. And, you know, they're, they're not only gearing up for the next level, but they have to deal with the expectation of having a full scholarship to go somewhere and play and, and handle that and the media attention that comes with it. And, you know, it's the the twenty four seven nature of it as well, with social media just being absolutely everywhere. Sometimes you can't escape the expectations and you know the the critics and things like that. So I marvel at you know a, a lot of these young athletes specifically. I know we've had some coaches on, and mm -hmm. um, you know certainly some some athletes who are maybe a little bit later on in their journey. But for the younger student athletes specifically, it it really is impressive. It is. It's very impressive in terms of how well-spoken they are. I mean, obviously, they're not polished public speakers, but for these kids that are anywhere from 13 years old to 18 years old to, to be able to come on to a, a podcast and, and talk to us about some personal things, I, I think that takes a lot of courage and a lot of guts, which, which kind of leads us into who we're going to interview today, Aiden Arbaugh, you know, a baseball player at Saline High School and uh, headed off to Michigan State to play ball there. And one thing I want to say about him and a lot of, about a lot of the athletes is, you know, people come to see me for, I, I like to think of it as in two buckets. Usually they'd like to come in to either fix something or build something. And, and Aiden is that kid that definitely came in to build it. And, uh, you know, he had a lot of mental skills coming in and he understood to play at that next level. He wanted to build some more tools and, and that's what we started doing. Yeah, no, an, an impressive kid. And obviously, uh, is going to go on to, uh, you know, play at the Division One level. He'll be playing baseball at Michigan State. Uh, a two-way guy, a pitcher slash, uh, you know, hitter. So uh, it'll be fascinating to see him go on to to the next level. And, you know, it's it's interesting. We talk about it with him, and, and we'll get to that, you know, conversation in just a couple of minutes. But I, I'm, I am fascinated by how much things have changed in the sense of, you know, high school sports these days – it has become more so about the recruiting and 
trying to get kids a scholarship and showcases and AU tournaments and, you know, trying to get in front of as many college scouts as possible. But the reality is only a very tiny percentage of these student athletes are going on to play athletics at the next level. So, you know, for some reason, high school athletics have just, just kind of gone to me, at least to a certain degree, taking a back seat a little bit to, to everything else. And I think that there is so much to be learned from playing high school sports, whether you go on to play at the next level or not. And, and I, I just want to make sure parents, coaches, even the athletes themselves, while you're experiencing it, there's so many things you're going to remember about what you're doing at that time that you're not going to be worried about if you went to play at the next level or who did go on to play at the next level. Memories that you're going to have that, that are going to be incredible no matter what. I agree 100%. I think even on top of that would be the relationships that you're going to cultivate along the way, uh, the memories, and uh, you know, going through battle and all the practices and traveling and sitting in the dugout or on the bench with, with your friends and spitting seeds and all those kind of things if you're a baseball player. I mean, those are the great memories that you're just going to cherish for, for the rest of your life. And, and sports teaches us so many things. As, you know, it's kind of cliche now about what it teaches you, but it teaches you how to prepare, teaches you how to focus, how to deal with failure and adversity and, and be a leader or be a teammate, be a follower. I mean, all those skills are going to be needed whatever you choose to do with the rest of your life. Well, I like to think mentally school pushes you to the limit and then physically athletics kind of pushes you to the limit of what you think you're capable of. And, you know, certainly there's a mental uh, element uh, in athletics as well, but there, there's just so much there uh, mm -hmm. that you can kind of glean from th these seasons that you will have in your life as you're, you're growing and developing and, you know, really maturing at some of the most important you know, parts of your life. Um, and obviously Aiden is a just tremendous young man. We'll get to that conversation uh, in, in just a second here, but doc, it's been a while uh, since we've done a podcast and, you know, this is something we're going to be adopting here as we move forward. We, we were doing one rising champions podcast per week. This is going to be more so now uh, on a monthly basis. And I, I, I would say too, on a, I guess a basis of if, if one of these uh, rising champions goes out there and accomplishes something really timely and incredible, ha you know, have them jump on and, and have a conversation and, and kind of go into, uh, you know, what they've been doing. So I uh, just want to make sure that, you know, for the people who are out there listening, just so you have an understanding of what it's going to be like moving forward, you can still go to Spotify, Apple, you know, wherever you end up downloading podcasts and there's an entire library of great episodes that you'll still be able to listen to, um, and download. But, um, you know, that's just kind of going to be what it, what it will be here moving forward. Yep, absolutely. Uh, as far as the, the recent events, you know, you and I, for some reason, always kind of circle back to the, to golf. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it's been an eventful few weeks here as we have Jordan Spieth. Um, mm. he's back. I think, kind of. I think he's going to win a tournament here in the near future. He's been unbelievable uh, over the last several weeks. That's been fascinating to watch. Uh, but just coming off of this weekend at the Arnold Palmer Invitational uh, out at Bay Hill, Bryson DeChambeau, the, the talk of the week was what it was going to do on the sixth hole. Uh, was he going to drive the green? Was he going to drive just shy of the green? He ended up doing the latter and, and going literally just shy of the green, but a 340-yard you know, carry. Uh, to ultimately get over it, and he ends up hanging on. And I, I thought during the broadcast, one of the most interesting comments that I heard was one of the, the announcers say, man, it, it's got to be an exhausting way of playing golf, <laughs> thinking 
about as many different things that you could possibly have, you know, to think about. And, and that's literally what Bryson is doing. He's talking about wind, it's weather, it's direction, it's how far he's hitting it with his clay. There's so many things he's thinking about that, that final putt, the five footer that he hit to ultimately mm. clinch the, the tournament on 18, it had to be as much of a sigh of relief as it was, man, this is exciting. And I just won one and a half million dollars. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. It probably was a big relief, but he had to kind of keep the cork in there for a little while before he let out all that, uh, that energy and emotion. Cause he had a big putt to hit. I mean, Lee Westwood really took him to the very edge of that tournament, literally to the last stroke of the day. Otherwise, he would have had to force a playoff. So, you know, I love watching him play. I know it's kind of a love-hate relationship with that kind of guy out there on tour, but I think it's fascinating. I think it's good for golf. I think having all these different personalities and styles makes the game more interesting. It's attracting younger players. Man, and this weekend was a lot of fun to watch. It was hard to move away from the TV this past weekend. Well, and think about, too, you know, you want to talk about a, a network's uh, fantasy for trying to draw in an audience and keep an audience over a four-and-a-half or five-hour period. On on one end of things, you have – what is Bryson DeChambeau, 27? You know, yeah. however old he is, okay? You have this young bomber who's trying to change the game, this protein shake, you know, kind of <laughs> freak from time to time, even though he's a, a mad scientist. You have that dynamic. And then the guy who ends up finishing second and nearly ends up pushing, you know, toward a playoff, a 47-year-old guy in Lee Westwood who's been on the tour for forever, hits it further than any of us could ever hit it, but isn't known for being some guy who's really long off the tee. A 20-year difference, and I think an even bigger difference in mentality and approach to the game, whereas what Bryson wants to do and what Westwood wants to do it's fascinating from a mental standpoint to watch both of those guys work in their own unique way. It just shows you how great that game is or any sport is where you can have different strengths, different mental approaches and still get to the same place at the end of the day. I mean, look at, look at how they ended up right neck and neck through 72 holes, completely different approaches and still were one shot apart. Well, I think I that's what's so great. It is. And I, I love too that, you know, Bryson is, He's trying to accomplish so much, and he already has. I mean, this past mm -hmm. year has been great. He's won the Rocket uh, Classic. He won the U.S. Open. Yeah. You know, obviously just won at Bay Hill. So he's having great success. And clearly he's ambitious and wants to accomplish a ton in his career. Whereas, you know, you have a guy in Lee Westwood who, from a mental standpoint, he's settled in. He, he yeah. You know, look, this was gravy. If he won the tournament, that was gravy. You know, the fact that he's just in it on Sunday – He's hanging out. He's imitating Bryson with his, yeah. uh, you know, motioning over the water, you know, yeah. because he didn't take an aggressive line. I love that dynamic, too, because you can have a guy who's super locked in mentally and, you know, is just really intense. And then you can have this happy-go-lucky guy, Lee Westwood, who's made a ton of money. And I don't want to say he doesn't care, but it, it's not nearly as critical, you know, for him to go out there and win. And on top of that, you know, if you paid attention on that last hole – he hit this great drive and ends up in a divot, you know, and we can debate that rule all day long, but at the end it's of the ridiculous. day, he, he just said, look, golf was not meant to be fair. That was his quote about it. And he says, just hit it and carry on. And, and that's what he decided to do. He could have walked up to that ball and threw his hands up in the air and got all upset about it, but Hey, it is what it is. He stayed in the moment. He did what he had to do and he still put it on the green. Still it was long putt, but he put it on the green and he gave himself a chance and no regrets. 
Well, and for a guy like him who, who I mean, let's be real, he struggles with the flat stick. He yeah. just pressure putts from three to five feet. He's just never been very good at those over his career. And he missed a couple earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. And he still had a four, four and a half, almost five footer that he had to hit to even put some mild pressure on Bryson. And he was able to do it, you know, to at least give himself a chance. So that's right. Very, very uh, impressive stuff. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Nope. But a, a lot out there, obviously, there's a, a ton of great tournaments that will be coming up. I'm sure uh, we'll rehash a lot of it, uh, you know, the next time that we, we ultimately end up recording uh, the Rising Champions podcast. But, uh, Doc, obviously, we have a, a great guest on, a uh, young man who is going to go on to have a lot of success, is already having success at Celine and is trying to win a state championship this year. Uh, Aiden Arbaugh joining us here on the Rising Champions podcast. And by the way, uh, this interview is brought to you by Brand 25 Media. If you or someone you know needs to get online, has some digital marketing needs, you can certainly reach out to uh, Mike or Kyle at brand25media.com. Those are their emails. You can also go to brand25media.com for more information. But without further ado, here's Aiden Arbaugh on the Rising Champions podcast. Okay, so Aiden, obviously this is uh, a good time of year, certainly for somebody like me. And, you know, you, people out there listening can't see me on video, but uh, I do have a Bryson DeChambeau uh, Puma sweater on right now. Golf season is right around the corner. Weather's in the 60s. It's amazing. That means baseball season is here as well. I got to believe uh, probably makes you feel good to uh, be getting back outside and kind of get back into the swing of things. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's great to be back outside again. You know, you can only throw into a or a long toss into a cage for so long uh, before it gets a little tiring. Uh, it's just great to be back outside again. You, you know, along those lines, one thing I've never understood is how baseball teams in the winter train on, like, basketball courts. I, I feel like how do you really get anything out of that? Uh, right now, uh, our team is just doing base running. Um, we just have our <laughs> own cage that we do. Uh, so we – we don't do a whole lot. Um, we don't get honestly. I mean, they do infield and stuff like that uh, for sure, uh, taking your own balls and stuff like that. But in order to get like real work, like fly balls, like you, you just can't do fly balls indoors. Like, come on. Like, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're just doing base running uh, stuff like that. But uh, we should be back outside uh, within this next week, so that'll be great. Good deal. Well, Aiden, welcome to the podcast. We're excited to have you on. Um, one thing I want to jump into right away is your recruiting journey. And, uh, you know, we see the big Michigan State flag behind you there over your right shoulder. Uh, those of you can't see it, but uh, Aiden's room seems to be decked out in, in Spartan's will, so to speak. So talk to us about the journey you had, even, you know, early on and when did you start getting noticed? Because a lot of our, our listeners, you know, are going through the same process that you just went through. And uh, I'm sure they'd love to hear the insights from, from your point of view of somebody that signed with a Big Ten school. Yeah, so um, I committed my uh, sophomore year, February of my sophomore year. Um, so that was before my season even started. Um, but that winter, I went to a lot of college camps. I went to Notre Dame, Indiana, uh, Michigan State. And then that summer, uh, I went to uh, Michigan. So um, I think just getting on the college camps, getting right in front of the coaches is, uh, is, a, is a really good thing just for them to see you. And if I think if you do well and they, then they'll show their interest uh, for you. But I think uh, I've also done PBR and perfect game. And I know that those are pretty helpful for having uh, updated stats and stuff. But I really think just getting right in front of the college coaches on their campus uh, made a, made a big difference and really got me noticed. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think, you know, 
we've talked about this before in our in my office and I've talked about this with other athletes that when a coach comes out to see you they already know you can play and what they're coming out to see is you know that look in your eye your body language how you present yourself you know the things that they don't want to have to teach they want you to walk on campus you know with that confidence uh, because they already know you can throw hard or you can hit and run they want to see how you respond uh, in a game or in a showcase type situation. What are your thoughts about that, Aiden? Um, I think that uh, in games, uh, responding to pressure uh, is is really important to show to the coaches. I think that's what they look for because at showcases, I mean, you're under pressure, but, you know, they can't really see how you deal with failure. Uh, if you're struggling to throw strikes, um, if you give up like a big hit or something like that, that's real. That's like live action that they get to see. Uh, and they could see your reaction. I think that your reaction to how you play uh, is really important. I think that keeping positive body language at all times, not showing emotion. Um, well, obviously, uh, in this day, showing emotion in a good way, like getting, uh, mm -hmm. getting hyped for a big strikeout or something like that is always great. But negative emotion, because as, as soon as you show uh, bad body language, I think that uh, it just is defeating. Um, it's just letting the other team know that they've won. Uh, so I think that body language and the way you act on the field is really important. Was there a growth period for you? Um, you know, you committed so early, so you were in front of college coaches and scouts, obviously at a very young age. Was that an adjustment process, just simply learning how to perform and kind of handle, you know, them looking over your shoulder and evaluating every single thing about you all in, in one workout? Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> I remember my first couple of showcases, I was really nervous. Um, even, even when there was no scouts there, um, just, just being able to perform, uh, at the level that I wanted to, um, cause you know, going to these showcases, is, it's kind of nerve wracking. And then when there's scouts in the stands, uh, it also can be very nerve wracking, but it, it, it takes some adjusting, uh, for sure. Um, cause my first time, my first couple of times I was, I was very nervous, but then you get used to it. Um, you just, just, Performing under pressure is just very important just because you're going to have to do it. Um, and college coaches are going to be out to see you if you can play. Um, and they'll, they'll like to see that you can play under pressure. So I think that that's very important. Yeah, I would agree with that. And one thing that you have to learn how to do is just be in the present. You know, we talk a lot on this show about uh, controlling what you can control, being in the moment. And, you know, you and I talked about developing routines to help us stay focused. And whether it's a pre at bat routine or a pre pitch routine uh, to help you use what we call neutral thinking. What, what are your thoughts on, on those, those discussions that we we've been having? Yeah, I think that instead of, you know, everybody says, think positive, think positive. If you're, if you're struggling. Uh, and I, I think that neutral thinking is a lot better because instead of being this cheerleader for yourself, being like, Oh, like I got this, like, you know, whatever. Um, instead you think about what you need to do in the moment to be successful. So things for me, if I'm like struggling to throw strikes or like something like that, I think to myself, uh, what, what do I need to do right now to be successful? Uh, is my back leg planted as long as I want it to be in the rubber? Uh, am I keeping my front shoulder close? Am I keeping a loose arm slot? Am I staying loose or am I just muscling the ball right now? Um, so thinking along the lines of what do I need to do right now to be successful and to have success rather than just being some cheerleader for yourself. Yeah. And just to follow up on that, Kyle, I, you know, what Aiden's describing is, is really what we call tactical thinking. Um, we never want to get emotional when things are going wrong for us because emotions are just going to 
highlight what's going wrong and you're going to remember that deeper. But if you think tactically, like Aiden just described on, all right, let's read the situation here, read the pitch. How's the ball looking right now? That means something. Learn from the ball flight or your swing path or whatever it is you're doing, hitting or pitching, and just think tactically and try to fix it. But Aiden's right though, on the other side, get emotional when things go well. You know, not showing off, but internally getting emotional and pumping yourself up to keep that momentum flowing. Well, that, that leads directly into a, a good question or a, a, a Kyle question, as Doc would like to, uh, to say <laughs> on the podcast here, because you, you see it from both sides, Aiden. You're, you're going to be a two-way player, you know, at the next level at Michigan State. So you'll be, you know, at the plate. You'll also be potentially on the mound pitching. Where do you stand on the, uh, the bat flip debate? And hitters, <laughs> hitters showing emotion when they do well, you know, but that gets frowned upon when pitchers can go out there and scream their, their you know, head off yeah. when they get a big strikeout. Yeah, um, I think it kind of just depends on the situation, uh, honestly. I think if it's a, if it's a tight game, uh, I think you can do a little bat flip. Uh, you know, I just think little exclamation mark at the end. Uh, I mean, the guy did his job. If it's like a big run or big home run or something like that, I think 100% deserve it. Well, I'll tell you what, politically correct answer right there. You're ready for the next level. You're ready to handle the media. There's no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> so, Aiden, staying on the topic of uh, playing both sides of the ball, you've also played in lots of different sports growing up. And talk to us a little bit about what that meant for you um, as a young athlete to be able to develop and learn from different sporting situations. Yeah, so I played hockey and basketball uh, when I was younger. And I think just getting so those experiences in those sports that you can't exactly get from baseball not only made me a better athlete, like a more versatile athlete, but it also helped me develop my character as well. Mm. One thing that I saw recently, and I, I can't remember uh, the source, whether it was a story, a, a tweet, you know, whatever it might have been, but um, somebody came out and said, you know, somewhere along the lines, high school sports became about getting a college scholarship for a lot of parents and, and a lot of kids and coaches out there. And, you know, while certainly that has worked out for you and, and you were able to get, you know, several offers and you have your school, you're going off to Michigan State, um, that's not what it's really about. And, you know, it's fascinating to me. You're still at Celine. You've played with this group of, of guys for your entire life. You know, there, there is still – whether you get a scholarship or not, there is still something of incredible value being a part of a team on the high school level and working to accomplish goals together. I guess, what would your thoughts be as you're someone who's accomplished kind of, you know, both of those things? Um, I think it's great uh, just having the connection uh, that I have with my teammates. Um, we've grown up together for, we played eight through 14, you just Celine guys. Uh, we didn't, we didn't, we weren't a team where we pulled from like all over the state, whatever. Uh, we just, we just uh, all played from Celine together and we played for that team for six years. So I think having that connection uh, is a team that's really going to make us elite this year. Um, Cause I, I, I know that there's not a whole lot of high school teams out there that can say that they've had a group of guys that have grown up together and played all throughout their childhood and grown up together. So I think that, uh, that'll make us a really great team this year. So Aiden, you're, you're an upperclassman now at Selene High School and, and your team is, uh, you know, slated to be pretty good again. Uh, Selene seems to be a baseball powerhouse in the last several years or so. Um, talk to us about the leadership role that you expect to take and, and things that you're hoping to achieve this, this coming high school season. 
Yeah, so our coaches are emphasizing a lot on, you know, helping the guys that are coming after us, um, making sure that we leave the right legacy. Um, during our workouts, uh, they always have us working with younger guys and teaching them the right way, teaching them how they should be doing things uh, so that by the time that they get to where we are now, they will run the team like we did and they will know what to do and they will be leaders like we have led them. That's a really great way to build a culture and a program. Mm -hmm. That's something that kind of came with, with the territory or something that you have kind of had to learn a little bit on the fly, you know, to, to be a team leader. I mean, obviously there's people who are just, they lead by example and they're incredibly talented and, you know, you probably, you know, have a lot of that with it, but from a, a vocal standpoint, you know, are, are there certain things you've learned along the way? Is that just kind of something you've adopted? I guess, where does that come from? Um, it's kind of just something that I've adopted. You know, I really like, uh, I really like working with these younger guys and just hopefully build, helping them to build a better future for themselves uh, by leading them in the right direction. And I think that that's just something that comes out of me naturally. I just really enjoy seeing them have success and hopefully have success in the future. So Aiden, one of the things that I think is really important for young athletes to start doing is to do some critical self-evaluation. Uh, of their mental and physical performance. And I know that's something that you've been taking very seriously, uh, especially during the off season. And you've been doing something uh, like keeping a journal uh, about your bullpens and, and your batting practice sessions and things like that. Talk to us a little bit about what you have done and what you're starting to learn in terms of the patterns of your performances and how that might help you in the future. Mm -hmm. So um, after every bullpen, I go to my journal, I write down what went well and uh, what didn't go well that day. And then every time before I throw, I like to go through my journal and go over everything that I wrote down when uh, things have gone well. And then I think it helps me a lot just because going through those things and going through, it's kind of like a checklist, mm -hmm. like making sure, keep a loose arm slot, don't muscle the ball, front shoulder closed, ride the back hip, just things like that, just, that just help me to uh, perform better. And just going over them uh, before each time I throw is just, it's just a good reminder uh, just of what I need to do to have success. Mm -hmm. This past year, um, obviously been uh, challenging, a little bit weird. I know you were able to to play summer ball, uh, you know, this past year and all that, but, you know, you're, you're getting kind of back into the swing, swing of things on the high school level. So from a training standpoint, time standpoint, focus standpoint, I guess what, what was the mentality, you know, as you were, we were all dealing with this uncertainty and you never know what you're going to be allowed to do, not to do, um, you know, mentally and physically, I guess, how have you handled that? Yeah, so uh, this, is, this uh, offseason has definitely felt like an eternity for sure. But um, I just I just am extremely motivated, especially this season, just because it's my senior year um, with all my friends, just to outwork our opponents. Um, I just use that as my motivation um, just to be better than them. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it sounds really simple, but uh, just to be the hardest worker um, and just – think that my opponent is also out there trying to work, trying to outwork me, but um, I just got to do more uh, just to hopefully be better than them. Yeah, that's right. You always got to have that feeling that they're out there doing something when you're not. Yeah. So Aiden, I think another interesting thing uh, that our listeners and younger pitchers and hitters would like to hear is what is your mindset when you are on the mound or at the plate? Like what is your approach? What, what are you, what are you trying to accomplish uh, each and every pitch out there? If you could, we can kind of crawl inside your head a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, on the mound, I just like to attack. 
Uh, obviously, I'm co- coaches go over how important the first strike is. Um, but my mentality is really, uh, I just try to do it myself. I really just try and go for the strikeout. Um, I know mm-hmm. that I have uh, some pretty overpowering stuff, and I think that I can use that to my advantage just to get an out by myself. Uh, I have all the trust in my guys, and I'm very confident in all my guys uh, that they're behind me and that they got me. Um, but uh, I, I just really like to go get it for myself. And how about at the plate? Uh, I just keep, hmm, I try to keep a, just like an open approach. Uh, you know, it, it really depends on the pitcher. Uh, if he's, if he's like kind of all over, you know, take my time, maybe see a pitch or two. Uh, if he's throwing strikes, tack first pitch fastball. Uh, <laughs> my, my dad's been all over me about that. He's always like, man, I see that first pitch going right down the middle. Why are you swinging at it? I'm like, mm. I don't know, dad. And then, uh, <laughs> so, so I've been working on that, uh, attacking the first pitch fastball for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, for that, it really just depends on, uh, the pitcher. Okay. Fascinating. All right. Well, uh, Aiden, I, I'd be remiss if I asked you this just because you're headed off to, uh, to Michigan state. But when I first saw your last name, I, I thought for sure it, it was missing an H at the beginning. Did you get that a lot? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. All the, time, all the time. All the time. All the time. Nice. So, so we appreciate Aiden, you joining us. Go, go ahead, Doc. Yeah, I was just going to say, what are what are some things you're thinking about for the future in terms of your goals? What are you looking to achieve this coming year and in Michigan State and down the road? Uh, this this coming year, for sure, a state championship. I've been set on that for a very long time. Um, as soon as I came into high school, uh, it was actually the year before. So I was in eighth grade. Uh, the 2017 team they won a state championship, and I've always been I've I've always just wanted to be a part of something like that. Um, I really thought that that's awesome, and I. Uh, especially with these guys. Uh, like I said, we've, we've played together and grown up together uh, all our lives, and it would just mean the world to me to have a state championship uh, with these coaches and uh, with my teammates. Sounds great. So, Aiden, where can people catch up with you on social media if they want to follow your progress and success? Yeah, so my Twitter is just Aiden Arbaugh, and then my Instagram is Aiden underscore Arbaugh 32. Great chatting with you. Obviously, we'll uh, we'll track your progress, uh, you know, here this spring, and then of course as you go off to uh, to East Lansing. But uh, thanks for joining us here on the uh, the Rising Champions podcast. Best of luck uh, as you move forward. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks, Aiden. Thank you for listening to the Rising Champions podcast. Please subscribe and join us again for another episode.